Hi, everyone, and a very warm welcome to the Vet Method podcast. My name is Sanjay Mangabai, and I'm based in the wonderful cathedral city of Salisbury in the southwest of England. And today, I'm very delighted to be joined by Laurie Doman. Hi, Laurie. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. So whereabouts are you today? I am in Hartley, Delaware, which is just outside of the capital of Delaware, Dover. And I'm guessing it's pretty warm at the moment? It is. Today is actually a little cloudy and cooler, which is a nice respite from the heat we've had, yes. Yeah, fantastic. So a little bit about Laurie. She graduated from the University of Pennsylvania School of Veterinary Medicine in 1997, and she has received training in a variety of holistic modalities, especially herbal medicine. She holds a master's in therapeutic herbalism and is a registered herbalist with the American Herbalist Guild. Wow, Laurie, it looks like the alternative modalities to medicine really resonated with you. When in your career did you see the light, so to speak? So I had a friend straight out of vet school, my best friend out of vet school, and she almost immediately went into the Chinese er line, traditional Uh Chinese medicine for acupuncture and herbal. And she kept encouraging me to But it wasn't until I had children and my husband and I were raising them more organically and holistically that I really decided that if I said my practice was an extension of my family, which was always Mm -hmm. my belief system, that I really had to make my practice an extension of my family and go more holistic with it. You know, it was working so well for my first child. And then we had our (laughs) second that right around the time of (laughs) right when I had babies, I decided I had to make this big career change and did a few things. I did Bach flower essences. I did take acupuncture with the International Veterinary Acupuncture Society, but Uh it was, I did a training with Rosemary Gladstar, who's kind of godmother of herbalism in the U.S. And Uh that, that just resonated with me. It's kind of grateful I did the other modalities first. So, because I might not have had I hit herbalism first, because that's clearly where my heart is. Fantastic. So the title of the podcast is Herbal Medicine for Veterinarians, and we're going to talk about that for the next few minutes. Okay, Laurie, our time starts now. So question number one, what is the one thing you wish you had known at the beginning of your career? That all these other modalities were out there. Okay. So, I mean, just like me, you know, I don't think there's very much in vet medicine, you know, in school or at college where they teach about alternative medicine. Am I right? You are right. I mean, actually, it's interesting. So now, of course, I teach herbal medicine to veterinarians. And yeah. we had a student who was came into the class just angry, just huh. angry that he never knew about this in vet school. And it was it was interesting and sad because instead of just absorbing, he just spent a lot of time being angry that he was just discovering this, even though he was a young vet, but I'm glad he was a young vet. And once, you know, he kind of worked through that, he'll have herbalism for his whole career, but you know, his overarching thing was that he was just angry. It was not that there wasn't even a mention of it during vet school. You know, and I know one of my greatest mentors now is somebody who was near New Bolton Center, which is the equine part of the University of Penn's veterinary Mm -hmm. school. And she was always, you know, the joke, the quack. And now she's one of my mentors and friends. And she's just this wonderful holistic practitioner. And, you know, so it's interesting how resistant. And I think it is starting to change because the world is changing. But it takes a while to trickle to the vet schools. And it, it needs to. Perfect. 
That leads us nicely onto question number two. <laughs> if you could change one thing in the world of veterinary medicine, what would it be? It would be to just exposure. There's tons of modalities, just like in what we consider conventional medicine. Uh -huh. You know, some people are surgeons and some people are more dentists or ophthalmologists or whatever. Uh -huh. It's the same thing in holistic medicine. I'm herbal. There's great acupuncturists. There's great Chinese practitioners, homeopathy. Uh -huh. There's chiropractic, so many options. And just like we had the introduction to all of them in vet school, if we had the introduction to all modalities, not just the ones that have become, you know, Western medicine, if we had the introduction to all of them, I think that would be a big boon. So people could make educated choices. Fantastic. And just like in medicine, you know, when we treat arthritis, we focus on multimodal therapy. You know, you can use drugs, you can use laser, you can use nutrition, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And I guess mm -hmm. uh, our whole approach with, with medicine should be, um, especially therapeutics, should be multimodal, incorporating alternative medicines. Yes, we call it integrative. And uh, my uh, partner who I teach with and I both consider ourselves integrative medicine. You know, we, we still do have, you know, I certainly have antibiotics mm -hmm. on the shelf, you know, but I also have acupuncture needles and herbs and, uh, when I graduated with my master's, the mm -hmm. head of Georgetown University's medical school, human medical school, was the keynote speaker. And he said that the U.S. has the best acute care in the world, you know, for mm -hmm. your emergency, and mm -hmm. the worst chronic care. And that's mm -hmm. where holistic can make a difference, really. Great. Soundly. Brings us nice down to question number three. If you could change one thing in the world of learning and or training, what would it be? It would be to incorporate more holistic and more chronic healthcare mm -hmm. options that don't involve pharmaceuticals that cause their whole own spate of products. It would be to find a kinder, gentler way. And also, I think it's kind of two things, but uh, I think it starts with prevention. In doing my herbal studies, it's hard to separate herbs from food. So I went on and studied food therapy as well. And I think starting, you know, and building healthier animals from the door prevents a lot of chronic disease and a lot of things that you end up having to treat. So I think the whole picture of looking at the animal more as a whole, instead of looking at the disease, which is how we're taught in Western medicine, I think would be the thing I would change. Yeah, absolutely. I think we do need to learn more about it. I'm certainly guilty of steering away from clients' questions about alternative treatments because I just didn't know enough of, enough about it and going down the more traditional, you know, pharmaceutical route. So certainly we could encourage more learning and training in alternative therapies. Fantastic. Thank you for that. Question number four, what is one piece of advice or message that you could give veterinary team members around the world? What's your top tip? Just to keep an open mind and to understand that science comes in many forms and uh -huh. we do use evidence-based medicine and veterinary medicine. You know, if other doctors do it this way, we do it this way. That's how we train. Everything is not, you know, I always talk about pharmaceuticals are not labeled for every animal, but we use the same pharmaceutical and it's the same thing. You know, we have for some of these herbs and for acupuncture and much of it, uh -huh. we have thousands of years of evidence-based medicine and just to keep an open mind and understand that science is bigger than a research paper. Absolutely. I think that's a really great tip. Thank you. 
So question number five, what is one bad recommendation that you hear in your field of expertise? That the whole belief, so this is kind of my quandary, is you hear veterinarians say two things, either that herbs do nothing Uh or that they're dangerous and bad. Well, they can't do nothing and be dangerous and bad. That's just right. But not take, but if in my field of expertise, one thing that worries me with any untrained herbalist is the thought that they do no harm. You know, 75% of our drugs come from herbs. There's a reason they are. I, one of the first things we teach in our classes is that they are medicine you know, mm-hmm. and we have to treat them with the same respect as any other medicine. Okay. Yeah, that's a real, a real valuable lesson there. Because my understanding is when you use herbs, it's about using entire parts of the plant itself, rather than just the, you know, the bits that traditional medicine extracts from it. Am I right? Exactly. That kind of thing? Exactly. Yeah. That's perfect. Yes. Yeah. Because there's a synergy in the whole plant, you know, the way mm-hmm. it was put together and the way it works, it actually gets rid of a lot of the side effects. Like my, mm-hmm. one of my favorite examples is meadowsweet, which is the inspiration for aspirin. It's the herb from which aspirin was discovered, one of two, mm-hmm. but, and aspirin we know causes gastric ulcers. Meadowsweet is used to treat gastric ulcers. Because we're using the whole plant and there's other things in it. So, so that's just like a really stark example of the synergy of the plant as a whole, as opposed to just the salicylic acid. Fantastic. You're already broadening my mind, Laurie. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Question number six, only two questions to go. Is there a valuable free resource that you can direct our audience to? So for herbal medicine specifically, there is a Veterinary Botanical Medical Association, mm-hmm. vbma.org, which mm-hmm. is an international organization of veterinarians mm-hmm. who specialize in herbal medicine, both Chinese and what we call Western herbal medicine, although it's not really Western because we use herbs from all around the world. It's more mm-hmm. we diagnose in the same way that mm-hmm. we learn to diagnose in vet school, which is easier for my brain than to right. relearn diagnosis the Chinese way. But that's a great international resource that is online for that. Fantastic. Fantastic. So that's vpma.org. And yes. we'll include that in the resources links associated with the podcast. And you've also got some resources on your website, purplemoonherbstudies.com. Yes, yes. And I send a blog every week. And a lot of times they're herbal tips, you know, things that have happened in my life. Like one time I sent out my dog got a chicken bone that one of my kids dropped and an herb Mm -hmm. I used to induce vomiting as opposed to, you know, having to go to hydrogen peroxide or apromorphone or something like that. There's an herb that causes, that is emetic. Mm-hmm. And I used that, worked like a charm. You know, I got a lot of response from that. Like, wow, cool, yeah. you know, the easy way, just brew up some tea and shove it down their throat. And Fantastic. So things like that, you know, that happen, I tend to send out, yes, other little tips. Excellent. And finally, question number seven, what's the one question, Laurie, that I should have asked you that I didn't? Hmm, that's a hard one. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there's so much to talk about with herbal medicine. You know, Mm -hmm. I think this was a good, just making people aware of it, that it's out there. Okay, so So just an an awareness thing, which I think is sorely needed, even even today. Certainly, 
and you know when i was a young vet it wasn't even talked about but certainly now i think there's some what's the word i'm looking for people are getting to know about it more clients you know ask the questions in the consulting room fantastic i guess that's a question that you didn't ask is why should people go into it aside from what i talked about with chronic disease is the clients are asking about it and clients want to know and if veterinarians go into herbal medicine now they're mm-hmm. kind of ahead of the game you know people all the time ask me where can i find a veterinarian who does this because mm-hmm. you know i don't practice anymore and around the country and you know i haven't gotten anybody from england but i might now who's emailing me yeah. Yeah. so going into it at this point is going to give veterinarians a niche and a place to be that clients definitely want you know, yeah absolutely i think clients asking for it and you pointed out that it's integrative so it fits in quite nicely with you know more traditional uh, forms mm-hmm. of medicine yeah wow thanks laurie you gave us some really valuable insights about the use of herbal medicine and other alternative modalities and how to incorporate them into practice and i'm sure our listeners will take away some valuable learnings Once again it just remains for me to say thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Well thank Thanks you for, for having me. You're welcome.